This is your Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Right on cue, of course, Turkey Invades. We already talked about that. We've gone from zero to 60 in four days. Everything on Monday that I saw coming when Trump said that he was going to withdraw the troops from Syria has happened so rapid fire, it's kind of shocking. So I hope part two of my expectation, which is this is prompting us to massively reinvade Syria, totally escalate our efforts there. I hope that doesn't come true, but I can't imagine that it's not going to come true. There's a few things in the news that propaganda, this is why I feel like we are just absolutely on the verge of war because the propaganda is so intense right now. Yeah. From did you see like the front page of Fox, the front page of CNN, all the newspapers? It's it's just straight out of one of your propaganda books. It's a little over the top. <laughs> you should let me read some titles to you, some headlines to you from the front page of Fox. And one of them is from the Wall Street Journal. I opened the Fox thing and it's a big picture of Erdogan, the Turkish guy, saying uh, he threatens to unleash a wave of refugee migrants on Europe if we get in his way, which was actually lifted it from both Assange, no, not Assange, Assad and Gaddafi. So Gaddafi, there's a book, I think, Kelly Greenhill, I think her name is. A lot of people know her name, so I should get it right. The book is called Weapons of Mass Migration, and she talks about how one of her examples is that Gaddafi says, hey, I am keeping refugees and terrorists out of Europe, so I want a little respect. And he was cooperating. He was cooperative, but it was completely true. When we took him out, like uh, Northern Africa went crazy, radicalized. The refugees, everybody, they spill out of the jails. And Assad said the same thing. You know, if you look geographically, Assad is right is right up there. It's like the the close Turkey, Istanbul, like that's the kind of land bridge between Europe and Asia. It was called Asia Minor. If I mean my if my maps and history serve me, I'm a little bit self taught, so sometimes I get that stuff wrong. But Syria is is the kind of buffer between the rest of the Arab world and Turkey, which kind of bridges the those two regions. And that's what Assad said. And it's true. You know it's true that I've said it for so long that we, like, overthrow these secular Arab leaders and the prisons open and terrorism spreads like wildfire. And the crazy thing is... We say that we're we need regime change because those people don't respect the civil rights of their citizens. And then when we open their prisons and all these unconvicted terrorists or accused terrorists or convicted terrorists uh, come spilling out, then we say, well, we have a terrorist problem now, so we have to suspend your civil liberties. <laughs> so why you know what I mean? Why? Why not just let them do it? They want to do it that way. And then we don't have to say, well, you could, we can't afford this due process is killing us, to quote Manchin, that we are creating these problems. So they're, they're putting on, on Erdogan every bad thing you've ever heard an Arab leader say. And it even went to the point that, that I just gleaned from the initial headline afterwards, later on, 
it has a guy, I forget which, there were a couple of guys really pumping the propaganda. One, uh, Cal Thomas and another, Victor David Hansen. There were others on the front page of Fox with their, what they were saying. But one of them uh, said, oh, he probably, we're dealing with someone who, I think this was Cal Thomas, yeah, who who probably calls us infidels or calls Trump an infidel, calls him the leader of the great Satan like Iran does. It's like, this guy probably says stuff that other people probably, you know, maybe they did say it. Sometimes people say that stuff's lost in translation. But they're really putting on Erdogan all of this, uh, every bad Arab leader you ever heard of. I'm not saying he's a good guy, Erdogan, but he is a member of NATO. He is an ally. And don't forget, we got out of his way on purpose here. And let's just see if if the predicted outcome, what I think they want and have always thought they wanted is to win in Syria. They want it. And they're and I still stand by they are going to get it. But there were a couple of other like clearly triggery things that they were saying about uh, Trump. This Cal Thomas, the headline was Trump channels George McGovern with decision to abandon Syria. Now, mind you. Trump did not pull any troops out of Syria at all. He just moved 5,200 troops out of the way of Turkey, who invaded Syria. But George McGovern, is his name is synonymous. He's like the avatar for biggest loser of all time in a presidential election. He lost to a landslide uh, against Nixon after Watergate. And the idea was he was a peacenik and people didn't want it. And he didn't know how to handle the Vietnam War. George McGovern, I mean, the, the Democrats changed their DNC policy on how to elect. That's when they started with superdelegates, because, like, we can't have another McGovern. To call somebody McGovern is to make Republicans quake in their boots that you've got a loser on your hands. Not that Republicans aren't used to having losers, but. And then this Victor David Hansen, this was the headline on the front page of Fox News from his article or interview. Members, get, get wrap your mind around this. It just makes me think of like babies on bayonets for the level of propaganda we're talking about here. Members of previous generations seemed like giants. When did we get so small? Oh, gosh. <laughs> when did we get so small? You know, the greatest generation was my father's generation, the guys who fought in World War II. And they're not saying it because they were moral, good people who who came home to their families and fed their kids and went to work every day, even if it was a grind. They only say that because they killed and they killed a lot for when they were young. I'm sorry. And I, I love my dad, but he, when he got out of the Navy in the Pacific theater, I have a book from the 1950s that he had a first edition of. So it was shortly after he was out of the service. It was called backdoor to war. And he had all these pencil margin point things that it was state department records of FDR and his gang provoking the Japanese, not getting the sailors out of harm's way, uh, doing stuff right up to the moment of slaughter. And this will make you lose faith in the narratives, in the media, and everything. So like a I'm trying to wire. See. Yes, and that's the other thing. Hawaii was not America at the time. Hawaii was not a state. So we, we had them out there as an outpost in the most remote land on earth is Hawaii. The most remote. That's, of course, why we own it. Yeah. You know, that's important stuff. And we had a military base there, which we were using to prevent Japan from 
getting oil for a war it was engaged in. I mean, embargoes and sanctions and uh, blockades are acts of war. I mean, standing yeah. like a wall between a person and something they need and have a right to have in an open water situation. I mean, that's that's war. You see, brother, you know, brothers fighting are like that. I'm not letting you get in your room. It's like, yeah. well, then I'm going to have to kick you. Yeah. So, and then the Wall Street Journal's big headline was Turkey launches offensive against U.S. ally, which is kind of confusing because Turkey is a member of NATO, which in my mind is an invalid alliance for the most part because what it does is it says if, if one of the NATO allies is attacked, we're all attacked. We have to view it like that. But an alliance like that absolutely needs to have a real quid pro quo, quid pro quo, phrase of the week, month, year, the elections campaign season. You have to have a real quid pro quo for an alliance. If you aren't going to get, if you're, if the, if the benefit to you of an alliance is not equal to the cost, it is, it is, I would say, invalid on it's you know it shouldn't be allowed so given that we spend more on defense than all of nato combined and they are in a much more dangerous position than we are we're giving a lot more than we're getting and i do not think the solution like trump says is to get them to spend more and pay more and build up more defenses and get more war e i don't think that's the idea i think you know more of a continentalist like our founders were Anyway, so we'll, we'll see see what happens. I really hope I'm not right about this being a uh, setup for escalation, but I think I probably am. Yeah, the story on CNN about that was about how Trump removed the Syrian forces, um, betraying our uh, betraying our friends, betraying our allies. So there's a lot of that talk going on on CNN. Yeah, a lot of subjective, guilty stuff. Another the, on the absolute front page of CNN right now is a headline that uh, says Trump says that Al Qaeda underwear bomber is dead and has been for two years. Now I don't know if people remember, but Operation Insider Threat, which I've talked about a couple of times, of Obama and John Brennan saying that uh, you they wanted to weed out the whistleblowers. They went and looked at the emails of journalists and they put the whistleblower in jail for kitty porn, Donald Sockleben. I've talked about him many, many times. That was all about the underwear bomber who, when they outed him in advance of his terrorist plot, the whistleblower was, they outed a terrorist who was about to have a terrorist plot. That's the whistleblowing they wanted to crack down on because that guy was an MI6 agent. Yeah. So it's like, well, you outed an agent. It's like, um, but the agent was plotting a terrorist attack. So... Why was he do? You know, why was he doing that? You know what I mean? Who's he? Was he? Is he really an MI six agent? In which case, hmm. <laughs> interesting. So they're still, you know, the the news doesn't reflect this stuff, which is in evidence. It's it's a fact. Yeah. Don't call him an Al Qaeda underwear bomber. It's a MI six underwear MI6 bomber. Underwear. Yeah. They, yeah. <sighs> so there's a CNN presidential town hall tonight. Another one. They had the climate change town hall. A few about a month back. Now they're having another one. This one is Equality in America Town Hall, and it's being advertised with the the colored rainbow flag. And what they do with these town halls is they have all the candidates come out and speak and say the exact same thing, except using slightly different language to target the different demographics of all the candidates that are left. And Bernie Sanders 
will be appearing in it, so he has recovered enough to make it back onto the stage. Wow. He's like Mick Jagger. Yeah, he is like Mick Jagger. Maybe he'll dance like Mick Jagger. I wonder if that inspired the story. Of, of the of Bernie Jagger, Sanders? Did he get stents or did he get... No, he got a valve. Yeah. He got a valve That's a good question. So what's equality again? Equality... What does that mean? Does everyone get to be the same height? Yeah, everybody I'm gets to be the, the... Yeah, same height, same <laughs> amount of money, same amount of food, same amount of strength and ability. Everything is the exact same. That's great. Yeah, like equality, that. Marxism. So this is a Marxism town hall is what we're going to be witnessing tonight. Right, but they only want everyone to be like equally least common to not, like the lowest. Yeah. It's like song like feed the... Feed the intersectionality feed the, monster. Feed the poor till there are no rich no more or whatever. Yeah, intersectionality would take the stage tonight. Identity. See, politics. but that's not equal. Intersectionality is on top, right? right? But there's, but that's equality, though. That's what we're calling equality these days. Is inequality? See? It's massive inequality. Is what we're calling. Yeah, it's equality. just reverse inequality. Yeah. Uh, so frustrating. Well, I have to revisit one also common theme that's been happening is this NBA. I absolutely knew that guy was not sending that tweet out. Well. I don't think that tweet, the Rockets coach tweet supporting the Hong Kong protesters was something that he just rolled out of bed and thought, let me just throw this Molotov cocktail into my career and (laughs) hope that I can count on everybody standing behind me. Because, of course, when the chips are down, you know that uh, all sports owners, league officials, everybody stands by the integrity and nuance of of their of the people in the group. I mean, we saw with Adam Silver, it's like, we do not tell people what to say unless it's they're saying things we don't like. Because, yeah. I, I mean, you got to yeah. go back and listen to that Donald Sterling thing. It was outrageous. What, he, what Donald Sterling did was outrageous, and it's outrageous for Silver to pretend that they don't care. They right. won't retaliate against what people say. So, but what is the, what's the lasting agenda item here? And you can tell by the juxtaposition of the two headlines on the B section of the journal today. The first one in big letters says NBA defies Beijing on apologies. And then next to it, it says the second article is Apple pulls app flagged by China. And then as you read the article on the NBA, it's just like they are so they are so hardcore. Here's a here's a passage. What followed was a defiant refusal by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver to apologize that stood in direct opposition to the playbook China demands from companies or individuals finding themselves in its crosshair. There's a ritual apology, deeply entrenched, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Chinese officials have strongly hinted that the NBA should follow the script used by Marriott International, which apologized last year for a customer survey that listed Tibet as a country rather than as a part of China. So they're like calling out names of people who are trying to not step on the toes of a country that's hard to that has been hard to penetrate. Yeah, it says, um, oh, but this is for you, Binkley. But the ultimate response to Beijing also must come across as heartfelt, quote, confess you will be treated leniently. Don't (laughs) confess. You will be treated harshly, said Patrick Cranley, managing director of public relations firm Asia Media in Shanghai. That's part of the culture of conflict resolution in China. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, isn't that, isn't that something that we're trying to get done here? Yeah, I think so. 
And then the last little line is, it isn't just powerful companies such as Apple, Inc., business groups, and sports leagues that are expected to make public apologies if they run afoul of the government. The rule applies to individuals too, et cetera, et cetera. But they call out Apple, write an article next to Apple. The app that Apple pulled was an app that is a cop locator app. So Waze, Google's Waze, will show you where cops are. Yeah, I know. This is like that. And they're like, oh, we don't want to put law enforcement in harm's way. So when China said, please don't do that, we pulled it. But they're being called out for that in the journal today. For pulling the app that... That told protesters where cops were. Oh, so that's what the protesters were using to find where the cops were. I think so. That's That's interesting. What I've been... That's what I gather. Yeah. They touched on the subject a little bit again on this week's South Park. Anybody who likes that, oh really? Check it out. Their uh, past two episodes have kind of been have been um, anti-China, and South Park has been pulled from everywhere, and China is no longer available. I mean, this is a full court press to keep the sports stuff going. They're definitely hitting it well in all directions. Speaking of sports, the Wells Fargo Center, which is the home of the Philadelphia Flyers. They unveiled a rage room where fans can go break stuff and unleash their anger. And the room allows fans and guests to let out their stress by breaking, smashing, and crushing items inside this assembly room that has logos of the other team on it. So the concept, it's one of a kind where, you know, instead of fighting your fellow fans, I guess, you go in and you just you break a bunch of stuff. And I have to say that... They could have used some of that at SunTrust Field yesterday for the Atlanta Braves fans. Yeah, I've been a Braves fan my whole life, and (laughs) I've come to (laughs) – look, people say say that – some people say that you choose to be gay. I say that's not true because I am a Braves fan and a Georgia Tech fan, two things that nobody would ever choose that kind of (laughs) suffering. Does that make you gay? No, it doesn't. It makes me. <laughs> I don't think I understand. It makes me sympathetic towards you oh, don't to people choose being falsely what you are. accused of choosing yeah. to be on the side that is not persecuted. As popular. Yes, persecuted. yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the Braves. Who, I don't care about sports at all. I cannot bring myself. I, to I wish I didn't care about. Yeah, sports I can't. At all. It's hard. I can't. I can't even. Th- it's like it's like watching the dryer go around. I don't even. I can't even engage. I'm like, what's the plot here? Y- like, just, well. You get the ball over to the other side, I'm like, but then it's not over. You start over again. <laughs> Here's what happened to the Braves. I like playoff hockey. That I like. Well, I like anything better than what happened yesterday after oh. the Braves. So they were winning two oh. games ago. They were winning. They had four outs left before they move on to the NLCS, and they haven't done. They haven't won a playoff series in 18 years. 18 years they haven't won a playoff series. Wow. They haven't even played with a lead with like a two games to one lead in like 15 years or something like that. So they, Uh, I I was still expecting them to lose, but the way that they lose, yes, you always do anticipate losing. They creatively lose to, to the point of where they can shock those who even expect them to lose (laughs) by like running in the wrong direction. (laughs) Seven years ago against the Cardinals, it was the uh, infield fly uh, catastrophe. Uh, I'm sure people listening know about the Braves are, are aware of that. But yesterday, uh, after the Braves blew game four, they had the game one. They blew it. 
and Cardinals came back and won an extra innings to tie the series. I said it's over. The Braves are going to lose. And I predicted yeah. and I, I predicted this. I said they will give up six runs in the first inning, and the game will be over before it starts. And I was wrong. They gave up ten runs in the first oh inning. Oh, my gosh. Oh, The most runs ever scored in the first inning of a playoff oh. game, and they were getting just destroyed Do you actually memes. watch these things? No. I, I follow them on my phone. <laughs> The only one I watched was that game they blew in extra innings the other night, and I said, well, I'm not watching this one. You could start betting yeah, against that's, them. That's true. I should have, <laughs> I should have taken that six-run first-inning hunch I had. Uh, and, and, yeah, <laughs> and bet against it because it didn't even make the over-under on the six-run losing. I mean, it was a disaster. It's like a, that, that's a T-ball game. Yeah. That's, that's run sorry. ruled in T-ball. You need a rage room for sure. I do. I need a rage room. You <laughs> do. Right. You need a rage room with your own team's logo in it. Uh, yeah. You know? There you go. <laughs> you need that's exactly what you need. And the rage thing, it does not – first of all, it's a complete thing right out of dystopian science fiction, The Purge, uh, The Will of Landrew from the original series of Star Trek. Rollerball has some of that element in it. Uh, but – it, I firmly believe, as somebody who I, I just come from a big family, I, I see different personalities, some people have anger problems, some people don't, I do not believe for one second that venting anger dissipates it. I think if you get in the habit of venting anger, you vent more anger. Yeah. Anger needs to be suppressed. <laughs> you can... You can Get it out. You can have a conversation about it. You can think about it. You should be able to address it. But it's almost like the anger thing is is a way to turn off actually thinking about what the problem is. Now, with sports, that's a joke, whatever. But I'm not a fan. I do not believe in the in the venting theory of anger. So you think they should have a therapy room at every sports arena? A coloring room for snowflakes. (laughs) A coloring room. I don't know. I mean, I just never thought like those things like in the 70s, there were these foam rollers that you could hit each other with <laughs> you see them in the simpsons i think there was one episode i just i don't think that that it helps i don't think yeah. it's a good idea i think this goes to all the the lawlessness and vulgarity and all that they're just cultivating a failure of the civil society even though our rules really really i mean for someone who does not like government and rules our rules did keep the peace yeah, you got to go out of your way to get it to to for people to get outside those boundaries. What is it the Buffalo Bills do during the playoffs? Their fans bring a bunch of mattresses to the tailgating, and then they light you the mattresses on fire and they Buffalo jump. Buffalo is from where I'm from in New York. Is it far? So far, I couldn't even find it on a map. I don't. I mean, it's so far. It's on. It's Canada. It's tables that they smash. They bring fold-out tables, and they jump from the top of their, their trucks, and they smash tables with their bodies like their WWE <sighs> – they do this. This is their playoff tradition. I hadn't seen them in the playoffs in like 20 years until last year, and I saw this, and I was like, this is fantastic. Oh, you liked it? Well, I liked it from a distance. Some of those places don't have – like they. I think sometimes when there are – the sports is like the thing. There isn't like a ton of other. It's it's covered in snow half the year. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah. it's just covered in snow. So I'm not sure that you can really do anything. But I guess sports is probably something because you can do it inside, watch it on TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't begrudge them. Whatever. I mean, if they, I don't know why people live in places that are 
freezing cold all the time. I don't know why. I just don't get it. Hey, so here was one thing uh, I noticed on the whistleblower story is that a couple of Giuliani's friends got arrested. I saw that. Did you hear that? Yeah. So it said four guys were charged, two were arrested, Igor Fruman, Lev Parnas, Andre or Andre Kukushkin, and David Korea, whose name isn't exactly, doesn't sound Ukrainian enough to me. David Korea? K, no, C-O-R-R-E-I-A. Oh, okay. Which seems a little, I don't know what, Greek, Italian? Anyway, so I I did my old trick where I try to like cordon off recent news and just do an older search. And all I could, and by the way, they have absolutely 100% foiled the ability to search like that, 100% foiled. I am pretty confident that they used to exclude from they they have actually stated that they don't want time frame searches anymore google yeah or or i've seen articles where they say we're cutting this back because it's so confusing yeah confusing Confusing for who it's so hard to even find it you have to you have to articulate with the most perfect clarity exactly what you're looking i want to put in a date frame and but they must have done something with the way they search that it used to work it hardly works anymore the reason it doesn't work is it now allows the search to uh, include the sidebars, which are the same on a website. Right. The advertising sidebars or the clickbait sidebars or the um, headline sidebars are the same, even if you're in an archive or an old yep. article. Yeah. So every single – it really upsets me. I mean, it's just terrible. So yeah. I could hardly find anything. I finally went to the Wayback Machine and just tried to find it there. What, one thing I tried on that for the future is if oh, you Oh, yeah. Put, is there a way to do it? If you put, and this doesn't always work, but it does sometimes. If you put minus and then right next to minus, minus 2019, minus 2018. So you do the subtraction. I can try, but I think, I think they changed it so that it, it, it will, it identifies the date as the article. And then, but it identifies the search as the stuff on the sides. So really? you can get your date as the article, but it's searching text on the page, right. which is new to, I don't, I, I will try that, but I think they changed something recently that makes yeah, it Yeah, the 2019 is often in the text. So by, by taking it out. Oh, saying my, I don't want anything that has the 2019. Okay, in it. That's what I was saying. thinking yeah. that it was pulling from the headlines, which would not have the date in it. Even yeah, though, yeah. interesting. All right. Well, the only thing I could find on these guys when I went to the Wayback Machine was that they had supposedly bribed or tried to bribe or had relationships with Pete Sessions and Joe Wilson to get pot licenses. Really? Is that what they were arrested for? That's what it says they were up to. I don't know what they were arrested for. Campaign finance. It was campaign finance stuff, but but I think the underlying issue, that's a good question. I have to double check that. I just was appalled that yeah. weed licenses are getting people bribed. Weed is a weed. That's why they call it weed. Yeah. And if you just threw seeds on the ground, you would not be able to control it. I'm not saying you don't have quality issues. You don't want to cultivate it. But it would be hard to have outsized profitability for vapes, THC vapes, if everyone's backyard was full of bud. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And you have to know which ones to cut down or whatever, but like it's not that hard. 
And I think that they're really creating a, a pure crony subculture here with the with the weed licenses. Yeah, it says that they were charged with campaign finance violations, and then it just says uh, Parnas and Fruman are connected to efforts to dig up dirt in Ukraine on Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. But then it doesn't give any explanation. Yeah, as I to think how. that it was it's Pete Sessions and Joe Wilson campaign. No, one of those guys definitely gave money to a Trump super PAC or whatever. I I read an article that said they did. I should have read more about it, but I was just so it took so long to like just try to search, 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 right. search. And then I found the weed thing and I was frustrated because like how weed is something that people are gonna pay to sell you when if it's legal, you should just be able to damn grow it. Yeah, yeah. My husband grows orchids just for fun. Oh, he better have as a he said to me, as he said to me when I was smoking cigarettes. It's like, what are you doing that for? It doesn't even get you high. <laughs> I'm not looking to. I, I'm not encouraging him to grow pot. I'm just saying, have, have if he's been... doing that for fun, what if somebody liked to smoke pot? They surely would right. do that. Right. What if somebody liked to smoke orchids? Would that be? But it wouldn't get you high. That's, That's why I don't I get it. it. Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't even exist. I don't know. This seems like this. This seems like an arrest that. I, it just feels like one of those arrests where it's going to be another thing like like Manafort, where they're getting him on the old tax tax stuff instead yeah. of stuff related to what's going on right now. They can always get you on something. Right. They're setting their like Donald Sockleben, who blew the whistle on an MI6 underwear bomber, went to jail for kitty porn. Yeah, yeah. Which they bought in a bizarre coincidence was the quote at like the Washington Post or the Journal or one of those. In a bizarre coincidence, they were investigating him, and they happened to found a treasure trove of kitty porn <laughs> on this FBI guy's Jeez. laptop. <laughs> it may be true, but I don't. Bizarre coincidence is not something that I tend to give the benefit of the doubt to when you're talking about whistleblower reprisal. Yeah. So. <sighs> The JFK Airport Terminal is launching the first facial recognition boarding pass. It's a biometric self-boarding gate that has officially launched. And they say that when a passenger approaches the boarding gate, a biometric-enabled camera that's integrated in the gate captures the passenger's facial image. And the image is then sent to the U.S. Customs Traveler Verification System, which conducts a matching process with the stored digital facial token that's captured in the initial process from the u.s passport that's so crazy that you're telling me about this because my husband texted me the other day he must have gone up through jfk to go to london i didn't know what airport he was at and he texted me and this is a guy who he he signs up for this stuff retinal scan and it's like it's just so much faster you know i was yeah. like yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's right faster. it's faster yeah yeah i mean it's faster for you faster for them yeah so he texted me in real time and he just said, I don't know what just happened, but they didn't check my boarding pass or anything. They facially recognized me. I did not authorize it. I didn't sign up for it. I didn't give my face in the first place. I'm freaked out. I don't like it. Yeah. Now, my guess is by the time he had to come back, he was totally fine with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's yeah. just, I'm sure he just got his mind around it and it's like, yeah, it's probably better. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it though. Oh, it's going to be everywhere story. in ten years. This stuff is going to be everywhere. What was the last thing you had? There was the California blackouts. What is that? What's the? Just give me the one liner because 
Oh, the it power outages me. in California. Yeah, what is that? I keep seeing the headlines. You do you know anything about that? It's eight hundred thousand PG and E customers in northern Northern California. The uh, utility company cut off power uh, to several counties that, to reduce the risk of setting off wildfires with electrical lines, and they say the outages could last for as long as a week for some. Electricity has gotten so dangerous that we need to cut it off completely for fear. If it's that dangerous, I don't know. They screwed up. They actually started that fire and was held liable for it because of whatever they were messing around with the wires. But here's the thing that I want to posit. When the hurricane was coming to town and everybody was freaking out, remember that week or two weeks from – Florida to the Carolinas, people were freaking the freak out. That was the big problem. The big devastating impact was power outage, remember? Mm-hmm. I remember at the time thinking, well, maybe you can and maybe you can't manufacture a natural disaster. But you can create a man-made problem and blame it on a natural disaster. And I thought, I don't know for sure if the power had to go out or if they just wanted to maintain their credibility for the good of the public, that when they tell you to freak the freak out, you should, because something is going to happen. And and now with this happening, to really heighten people's awareness of natural catastrophes or whatever, by making a decision... It's this strategy of tension. You know, it feels like a strategy of tension. It feels like it's keeping people on edge. And I started to think another thing about that. I was reading about declining crime rates, and it it had the same kind of element to it. Is it, or declining misdemeanor arrests, uh, I think among African Americans primarily. And I thought, okay, is it arrests or crime that's going down? And the article proposed both ideas, which I think they could have done better, but they proposed both ideas. And one of the explanations for the lower crime explanation was that people are just on their phones. They don't even go out anymore. They just look at their phones all the time. And then (laughs) if they're going to have a beef with somebody, they just do it digitally and it saves lives. Wow. And I, and I've been, and it just made something click is that when you think about concerts, airports, malls, churches, all these public places, they're not really home invasions that they're having mass shooting. They, they have people inside your home that you can be worried about, your own siblings. There's plenty of that bubbling up that, like, the chick who killed her whole family in the trailer and then had a beatific <laughs> yeah. look on her face. But I wonder if if some of – if one of the several – like multitasking goals of the mass shooting thing or terrorism or all that is to get people to stop going to mosque or stop going to a synagogue or church or malls or events, you know, keep people inside. Because if you read that Cass Sunstein conspiracy theory thing, and also the internet uh, propaganda piece from the U S army college from 2000, those, the Cass Sunstein thing was much later than that. They both talk about how hard it is to control real people in a real place, real activists, real protesters, real opinions. When you have to 
that the digital world is so much easier to have that birds of a feather thing, that multiplier effect, to have have credibility because people aren't looking you in the eye, to cordon people off and still convince them that they're part of a group, to, in short, enhance dysfunctional subcultures. So I think there might be a movement to just get people to stay in. Not Maybe that's been going on for 70 years since the advent of television. I mean, you could definitely make that argument. But yeah. I feel like it may be uh, experiencing a resurgence. Well, it would be effective for making people docile. And maybe they only want people out if they're out doing activist stuff. Maybe that's the only people they want out oh, the streets. Oh, that's funny. That does juxtapose with this idea that you go out only to wild. Yeah, right. You know, only go out to wild. So all the good people stay home and all the wilders come out. And raise havoc. Yeah, if you're going to come to a sporting event, you better yeah, you go in that room and throw some plates around. Some get your, yeah, how long before? Get that, right. get that testosterone up, and but good. Yeah, how long before they have Mingle other it with fans? some adrenaline. Yeah, they have the rival enemy fan in there. You can go in there and oh, meet up. Oh, on the other side, like one of those, in, in New York, they used to have like the porn theaters where they had like, well, maybe that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's suggest that they have a plexiglass between the two rooms. All right. And that you can throw plates against the plexiglass. There you go. You guys can find <laughs> your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all tomorrow.